Hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome to JoJo Runs for Congress, episode one, for the third time. <laughs> we messed up a couple times already. We're going to try it again. Third time's a charm. Third time's, that's what they said. Before we get started, yeah. I want to introduce our guest host. And who is that? Our guest host today is Kirby. Kirby, oh my gosh. Hello, Kirby. Kirby is here specifically so the camera will pick up warmer tones and not make me look gray. Science. I don't know if that's actually true or not, I but know. I digress. Continue. Anyway, so today we will be talking to our energetic candidate, uh, and we will learn a little bit about her. We will learn why she's running for Congress in Pennsylvania's second district. We will learn if there's a map. We will learn a little bit behind her campaign, her philosophies, and we'll also discuss what the goal of this podcast is. It's a little unorthodox. So let's just jump right into it. Hello, Joanne. How are you today? I'm I'm actually good. I'm great. Yeah. There's been a lot of crying over the past couple weeks. Sure. But I'm actually today has been a great day. Okay. Uh, so let's just start off. Tell us about yourself. Tell us what makes Joanne Joanne. What makes Joanne Joanne? A lot of things. Well, my favorite way to answer this question is I'm a child of Filipino immigrants. Mm-hmm. So if you're Filipino, you understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but really what that means is uh, my experience growing up as a first generation immigrant in the United States shapes a lot of my views and who I am. Mm-hmm. So I was born in New Jersey. Uh, my parents actually came here in the 1980s to work and pursue their American dream. Mm-hmm. I was born in Jersey City. We lived in a predominantly the predominantly <clears throat> Filipino community there. Mm-hmm. My older sister is a little bit cooler than me because she was born in Queens. She's actually a New Yorker. Is that what that means? Yeah. Oh, I'm okay. a fake New Yorker. Uh, now a Philly transplant. And we eventually moved out to the suburbs of northern New Jersey just because of space issues. Mm -hmm. And then I went to college to pursue nursing. I graduated from the University of Pennsylvania in 2014 with my BSN. Oh, is that Penn State Philly? Yes, Penn State Philly. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, graduated with $80,000 of undergraduate student loan debt, which is neither here nor there. But I'm sure it's going to get out there eventually. But let's just say everyone right now, I'm 27. Mm Mm-hmm. Pretty I'm young. young. Pretty young. I'm, and people will do the math and calculate that. Uh, so back to my life and who I am, why I am the way I am. I started out working in nursing in northern New Jersey uh, as an orthopedic surgery trauma nurse. Mm-hmm. So trauma ortho will always be in my blood and my bones. And then I moved back to Philadelphia to go to school, pursue my master's degree, and work full time. Mm-hmm. I don't recommend doing that. <laughs> but ladies, if that's your situation, you're going to be okay eventually i promise and i graduated this year yeah i graduated with my master's in health leadership so i intentionally did a broad program because i could take classes in a lot of really great programs across penn because it was a stepping stone to my phd but the problem with a phd is you have to know what topic you're going to study and you need to be married to that topic for yes four, five, six, however many years it takes to finish it. Yeah. And I could not, could not decide what topic I wanted to study because I realized every single topic I picked was absolutely useless. Okay, not useless, but it would not be as effective because of our current healthcare system yeah. and the way that we view healthcare mm-hmm. in terms of writing policy. So... That's kind of what makes me who I am. I, my whole life has been driven by a desire to help others. And I, I love, love seeing people not just be alive, but thrive. Okay. I'm a big proponent of helping others because I'm an extremely empathetic person. Yeah. 
And I think my end game has always been to be a public servant in some way. Yeah. I realize that I am, I'm extremely privileged and blessed. Yeah. Because, but that's because my parents work so fucking hard to give me everything that I have. Gasp. I'm sorry. Am I allowed to curse? I'm so, don't listen, Kirby. Kirby, hide your ears, you innocent creature. <laughs> my parents work so hard to give me that. Yeah. Yeah. But... But I don't like seeing... Uh, well, that well, that will go into reason why I'm running for Congress. But that's yeah. really what, what shapes who I am. Well, good foreshadowing on my next question, Joanne. Ah, it's like we've done this before. The third, third time, <laughs> as we said. Um, what can you, can you pinpoint for us the moment you decided you were going to run for Congress? Because it's something we had talked about for a while, and you were a little resistant to it. But then one day, you kind of just came to me, and you're like, I need to do this. What was really the, the tipping point? The tipping point? I'm going to tell a more condensed version of the story. Probably a good idea. Um, two things happened because we live in Kensington. Mm-hmm. Uh, one night I woke up and there was somebody screaming in the empty lot next to us. And for some reason, it just rattled me to my core. Mm-hmm. Whether that person was you know, high on a terrible trip or a fellow hurt themselves. But it really bothered me. Mm-hmm. And um, the second thing was... When I got off the L one morning, coming home from night shift, it's like 7.45 on a Sunday. And normally, because the L is, the, the trains are closed late at night, people will, during the summer, sleep up there. Yeah. So I get off, and there's this mom and her young daughter in front of me. Mm-hmm. Nothing unusual. A couple people lying on the stairs in various states of alertness. All of them were breathing at a respiratory rate of at least 10, so they were fine. Um, but they did have some... Nurse tags. Yes, nurse tags. <laughs> some needles and things around them on them bags mysterious things drug paraphernalia and the mom goes to her daughter and says the daughter must have been i'm bad with ages but maybe from like three to five but little he's like honey these people here they're very sick you know they're not bad people but they're very sick Mm -hmm. and if you ever see those orange caps or those white little things those white things that look like a pencil you do not touch them you walk right past them there's no need to judge these people but you just just leave them alone yeah and i lost it for some you weren't home that day for some reason you weren't home that weekend but i came home and i cried yeah yeah. Because I thought this is this is unacceptable. Like nobody should ever have to teach their child how to step over drug paraphernalia yeah. Yeah. on a public subway, and that was a tipping point for me in terms of deciding that I was not okay with the things that I was seeing. Yeah, because these people are real humans, and I just started asking myself the question: Why is nobody doing anything about this? Or if they are, why has nothing been effective yet? Where is the flashlight? Like, where, why are we not pulling back the curtains and saying, this is not okay for people to have to suffer like this? Mm. Both people. People seeing it and people being traumatized by it. And the people that are actually experiencing addiction, etc. Okay. But the one night, this was October. It was a Wednesday. It was the first week of October. I had taken a week off and I decided to do yoga. Because people say that it frees your mind. Mm. And while I was doing yoga, I was listening to a podcast. And in the podcast, I will figure out which one it is. The guy basically said that he was talking about our broken election system. And he said that our problems will only get magnified because people selectively choose to segregate into their respective social groups. Mm -hmm. For example, we grew up in kind of the same social class. We went to the same schools. We hang out with the same people. We married each other. And even if you wanted to elect 
change the way the people that are elected in Congress. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like it's going to be a Game of Thrones like wheel where whichever group of people is on top and loudest and proudest is going to be in power. Mm-hmm. And then that wheel will just continue to turn. And I was I was so upset by that because that's not what I thought politics was. That's not what I think Congress is supposed to be. So I, you were in there doing something. I like marched in and I was like, what are we going to do about this? How do we fix this? And then that resulted in us being here in the kitchen and we were sitting at this very table, even though it was in the middle of the room. And I said, dude, I think the only way for me to fix this is I have to run for Congress. And that's why I decided to run. <laughs> was that a much more concise answer? I yeah. think I answered that in only like three and a half minutes. Don't look at the timer. I really don't. Okay. That's my job. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, I mean, that's as good a reason as any. Mm-hmm. Um, but why you? Why do you think this district would uh, vote for someone who has no political experience uh, at any level, let alone the federal level? So why you? First number number one reason, I'm a nurse. Mm-hmm. And by nature of what I do for a living, when you make decisions in Congress, you need to think about how your decision, your policy, what you're saying and supporting is going to affect everybody else. Mm-hmm. And in healthcare, especially the day-to-day being a bedside nurse, you cannot, every decision you make, you have to do the exact same thing. Yeah. And you have to understand the implications of the decisions you're making. Okay. Which means that I don't take this job lightly. And this is, it's an incredibly serious role and responsibility. Mm-hmm. Second is, this is a map of, you can't really see it on the podcast, but this is a map of District 2. So it's all the way Northern Liberties, which is a 100% gentrified neighborhood of like young single and ready to mingle no like young families that make a good income that are <laughs> are thriving and then you go take a little drive and you hit kensington and then you hit the predominantly puerto rican immigrant area where you have a 56 percent poverty rate mm-hmm. with deep deep generational poverty and you continue driving up and then you know you see snippets of like predominantly blue collar working class families mm-hmm. all the way up to the very top which is a i don't know that area as well but it's a seemingly more stable yeah. um, community it, yeah. it looks to me like a suburb even though the city the address is technically philadelphia yeah and the reason why me is because i have a skill that other people tell me not just me so i, I hope that this is valid of being able to translate between different groups of people mm-hmm. and i think that's something that's really missing mm-hmm. especially in congress because a lot of the experiences that people are having in this district are exactly my lived experience. Yeah. Maybe not to the same extent um, in terms of generational poverty, but a working family, an immigrant family. And now I'm a student with, uh, I'm an ex-student, yeah. <laughs> a graduate student with student loans, uh, trying to fig- make, like find a job, main- hold down a job, pay for my health care, find a place to live, afford a place to live, save up for a down payment. All of the issues that are going to be decided on in the future, they, it's my life. Yeah. yeah. And as a result of that, I my life is literally on the line. And that is just a testament to how how much I care about these issues. Okay. So basically, 
you think that that espresso is really kicking in right now so <laughs> you think that you can speak to the the true issues of this district yes that you you are you are someone who faces a lot of the same issues perhaps not as extreme as a lot of the people the voters in this district mm-hmm. but you think you can speak honestly to their lived experiences absolutely yeah because yeah. the fact is working families in America mm-hmm. whether you make the federal poverty level which is like 22 per thousand the medium wage, which is per family, which is I think around fifty-five mm-hmm. to sixty thousand, yeah. even up to two hundred thousand dollars, these families are struggling. Yeah, and they're struggling because their one disaster, one medical, one natural disaster, one housing disaster away from bankruptcy. Yeah, yeah. So if we define stability in terms of being able to live your standard of living and have some money left over to carry you through emergencies and you know make choices like deciding to have all your kids right in a row if that's our definition of success then we are failing miserably sure okay uh next let's do can we lighten the mood a little bit because i go very dark very fast something a little fun now (laughs) okay now this is something i i think i just had this idea we should try to do this every episode you're gonna give me your your elevator pitch my elevator pitch Mm -hmm. i haven't practiced it today well you gotta make it up on the spot okay i mean oh shoot let's you can curse (laughs) okay um okay i'm gonna watch the clock you have one minute one minute give me 30 seconds okay 30 seconds to tell us the central core message of your campaign ready and go I'm watching the clock. Working families are struggling in this economy and this society, and we need to invest in programmings that promote working families, that support working families, mm-hmm. specifically working women in the workforce, which means childcare and education. Because when you have families that can go out there and be healthy and work, guess what? They can contribute to the economy and pay down that federal deficit that some other people are so worried about, which is a problem in and of itself. Okay, you have five seconds to spare. Very good, very fast talking. <laughs> you said I only had 30 seconds, so no, I had to... that was great. That in. was well, great. Well, no, here's my strategy. If the person goes, I'm sorry, can you say that again? Boom, I've won myself That's an extra true. 30 minutes. That... If not, they walk away and I'm That's like, true. sorry. If, if anything you said was of interest to them, they'll ask you to say it again, but slowly. Yes, but if, if they're looking at me just like, no, this girl is crazy, and they walk away, then I cut my losses. Like... <laughs> awesome, that was good. Um... But yeah, so, so yeah, you you believe that you got, like you want to fight for working class families. You want to fight for those people who are struggling in our current economy, in our current political system, who might be feeling a little pressure on their way of life. Not just fight. I, I don't like to use. I'm not a confrontational person, but mm-hmm. advocate for it. Sure, sure. Shine a light on the issues. Yeah. And honestly, my hidden agenda is to inspire other people mm-hmm. from normal american life whatever that is i guess it's subjective to run yeah but also inspire normal inspire everybody that who you elect the person that they are what they do their their business practices whatever matters because they should reflect your community they should reflect you as a person yeah because they are most likely to represent you in the way that you'd want them to represent you in Congress. <laughs> <laughs> Little redundant, for sure. sure. That's like the time when I said salt brings out the flavor. By bringing out by the flavor. Bringing we'll get into that another time. Okay. Uh, I want to wrap this up by getting to our, our other 
topic that has really nothing to do with what we've talked about yet today. Okay. But I think the people who, who view and listen to this need to need an explanation on why we're doing this whole thing. Yeah. So why are we doing this podcast? To pull back the veil, the curtain behind politics. Because politics is very dirty and I don't want to run this campaign under this mystique. So we are putting, literally putting everything on the table mm-hmm. and all, being- Nothing as, is off limits. No, you scared me. I thought you were going to say this a book. But... <laughs> Nothing is off limits. <laughs> Nothing is off limits because I grew up in the age of social media. I've been on Facebook since like 2006 before I was technically allowed to probably. Mm-hmm. And- I want to be as open and as vulnerable as possible Mm. because, number one, this whole process of running for Congress is so mysterious. And if people understood what it takes, they would probably pay more attention to how you actually run. It was not fun to get even signed up. It was difficult. But thank you, FEC, for being really nice when we called you. And number two... Oh, my God. I forgot point number two. (laughs) Number two, I want people to get the chance to know me. Yeah. Because even if you don't agree with my beliefs... Mm -hmm. I want people to hear what I say and to believe and understand and know that I am trying to make the best decisions that I possibly can to help everybody. And that I'm not perfect. I'm not trying to be perfect. I can't know everything. I won't know everything. I will say wrong things and I will probably make some bad decisions. But it's, it's coming from a place of wanting to to do the right thing and wanting to make change for good. Yeah. I'm hoping that this podcast is a way to say yeah. that just because my resume does not have any mm-hmm. elected job experience on it does not mean that I am yeah. 100% willing to take the risks that are required to do this job. And this is a job yeah. so, that yeah. I have not been hired for what, yet. <laughs> win or lose, hopefully we are uh, you, I, we, we, we? can... Uh, <laughs> inspire some people to maybe pick up the mantle get a little more invested you don't mm-hmm. have to run but like i hope that we make it a little more fun for people to, to be educated on yes. on this because i know a lot of people are like oh it's so boring learning Wait, about politics hold on i'm gonna interrupt you honey um quickly oh, he's my husband if you're wondering but remember there was a time when we talked about the fact that we were tired of listening to all of the the vitriolic nasty banter yeah of people be like republicans versus democrats and like always needing to hate each other Mm -hmm. and we just we wanted a space Mm -hmm. where we can have conflicting conversations Mm -hmm. and just like it not be so heavy yeah it's serious it's 100 percent serious yeah but just giving people the opportunity to be engaged without feeling like the weight because literally since 2016 i felt like the weight of the world is on my hands every time i turn on a podcast on your hands on my hands on On my shoulders shoulders. on my shoulders not my hands and if really the whole agenda behind this is even winning doesn't even matter for me if i can get people it does but like (laughs) if i can get people to talk about the issues that i care about that's that's just as important i've done my job yeah and also i think we want to shine a light on what it takes to run because i mean no one knows yes literally because it's ridiculous that people like you and i uh, had, felt like we had no capability to do this. Like people, people are like, "Oh, I can't do anything. I don't know anything. I don't know anybody in the industry, whatever." But yes, we're gonna dispel that myth. We started from the ground. Wrapping up, up wrapping up now. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us on JoJo Runs for Congress. Uh, this is gonna be a daily podcast uh, uploaded Mondays through Fridays on both YouTube and your whatever your uh, podcast player of choice will be. Um, 
you, if you want to get invested into the campaign, if you want to you want to volunteer or or raise money or you know d- donate rather or learn more about what Joanne stands for, you can visit her website at mantia2020.com. Or if you want to get really uh, involved with Joanne, really follow on the, the campaign on a day to day basis, you can follow her on social media, which is. I have a Twitter, but I'm not as active on Twitter, though I should be. It's, it will be more active. <laughs> it's at Mantilla Joanne. Mm-hmm. And my Instagram handle, I'm sorry, Dad, I have officially kidnapped your name because his name is also Jojo, is at Jojo Mantilla. Yes. And the YouTube videos will be uploaded uh, to our YouTube channel, which will mm-hmm. be linked on the website. Uh, I think that's about it, right? Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining in. And we'll talk to you soon. What a campaign. <laughs>